Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Nobody knows what anybody looks like anymore, and all the plastic surgeons are making a killing. Everybody's getting something done, your nose, and don't get me wrong, I'm not against it. If you're a plastic surgeon, we love you. If somebody's nose is broken, whatever, and you need to fix it, that's great. You know, what's happening is people are getting all of this plastic surgery so that they can change the way they look because they don't like the person that God made. And at the same time, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, David said, and that my soul knows right well. So you is the way you is because God made you the way you is. And that's the way you need to be. And it's killing the young girls, and these girls are dieting and anorexic and bulimic and all of these things. Don't get me wrong, healthy weight, don't take nothing to the streams, y'all. Get me on the sidewalk and go all crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying, healthy is what you need to be. And don't look at the magazine racks, because all that's Photoshop, ain't none of that real. And half the people in Hollyweird, they're not who they are. I'm just trying to help you. Say amen. Uh huh. Noses fixed and foreheads fixed and. Okay. This is probably the most important choice, listen, in Israel's history. Because God, listen, closes the Bible. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 16, you can write it down. I am the root and the offspring of David. David's life came through the nation, the root and the offspring. David's life came through the tribe of Judah. David's life came through Ruth and Boaz, the root and the offspring of David. Jesus says in Revelation, I'm the reason for David's existence. And physically in the incarnation, I existed through David. I am the root and the offspring of David. So God is looking for a man, a man after his own heart. Eliab, tall, dark, and handsome, passes by, and although he's good-looking, he's not the one. The next one in verse 8 to pass by is Abinadad, and God said, nope. Verse 9, Shammah passed by. God said, nope, not him either. Verse 10, all the boys passed by Samuel. None of them were chosen. Samuel said, Jesse, is that it? Is that all the boys? And Jesse said, well, there is this one out there with the sheep, the youngest. And Samuel said, bring him in here, and we're not going to sit down and eat until you bring him. So we have this boy out with the sheep. Watch this, unacknowledged by family and unnoticed by man. 
but he is a nobody to anybody, just a boy out, take, out taking care of the sheep. But interesting, God called David while David was taking care of his sheep. Listen, God calls people while they're doing something. God does not call people when they're doing nothing. I don't know a man of God in a pastoral pulpit that, that, that was not doing something for the kingdom when God called them. And generally, they were being very effective and blessed in their ministry when God interrupted their life and called them. That's kind of a marker of how you know you're called. Because it's not like, you know, oh, I hate these people. I'm going to get out of here and go do something else. It was not like that. It's like, man, I love what I'm doing. I, I, I'm, I'm happy where I am. I'm doing what God called me to do. I'm blessed where God has me. And all of a sudden, God says, hey, you, I'm calling you into the ministry. David was out. Are y'all getting this? David was out serving and doing the work of the ministry when God called him. If you're called to shepherd or pastor, then you will be tending sheep. And if you really are a shepherd, then people, then, then people should see sheep following you. I've had people tell me, well, they, they feel called to be a pastor. And I look behind them and I go, where's the sheep? You ain't got no Bible study going. You ain't teaching the fifth graders, you, uh, the fourth graders, the third graders, the babies. You ain't changing poopy diapers, ain't cleaning the toilets, ain't vacuuming the church. You, there's nothing. You're doing nothing. But you're called to be the, a pastor. Is that right? I don't think so. Listen, if you're called to be a shepherd, then I'm going to see sheep following you. Somewhere. Teaching Bible study on jobs somewhere. Doesn't even have to be in church. But that's the way God works. That's the way God moves. David was busy tending the sheep, and that's when God called him. And many times out shepherding those sheep, he heard the voice of God. Now listen, keep, keeping the sheep was a dirty, stinky, smelly servant's job. And this is how we know that Jesse was not wealthy. Because if he was wealthy, he would have had servants keeping the sheep, doing this dirty, stinky, smelly job. So David was keeping the sheep. Keeping the sheep meant you had to think. You had time to think. David would spend a lot of time looking over the sheep and looking at the glory of God's creation. No doubt, while he's out there, he's writing Psalm 119, pardon me, Psalm 19, verses 1 through 4. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There's no speech nor language where their voice is not heard and their line has gone out throughout all the earth and their, and their words to the end of the world. He probably wrote that while out there tending sheep, writing songs, looking at the glory of God. Psalm 8, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens out of the mouths of babes and nursing infants you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemies and their avengers. And when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you would visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor, and you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, 
How excellent is your name in all the earth. No doubt he wrote that while he was out with the sheep. Keeping the sheep took a special heart and a special care. Keeping the sheep meant you had to trust God in the midst of danger. David had to fight off lions and bears and wolves to protect the sheep. David learned to be a shepherd by spending time with the sheep. And can I tell you something? If you're a pastor and you don't like sheep, you should get out of the pastorate. You'll be surprised how many pastors do not like people. Is that not the most incongruent thing you have ever heard? How many pastors do not like people? They like to preach. They like to be heard. But they don't like people. They don't like sheep. The pastor should smell like the sheep. The pastor should spend time with the sheep. And yeah, I got it. When you get in a big church, you can't, you know, spend time with everybody. But you know what? Honestly, and just chatting, give me a second. That's why I try, if I can, go out on the walkway after service. I try. Sometimes I don't feel good. Honestly, sometimes I just don't feel good. Sometimes it takes so much energy out of me to preach, I can't even get out there. And sometimes it's just too hot, and I don't want to stand out there. <laughs> I'm just keeping it 100. <laughs> sometimes y'all, it's sometimes hot for y'all. Y'all don't want to stand out there. You go get in your car and you go home. Ain't no different for me. <laughs> Why is it different for me? It ain't different for you. But I try to get out there, and I just try to just say hi to whoever I can say hi to. And, and I can't say hi to everybody, and I, I just can't stand there too long. But I just don't want to lose that. I don't want to get, you know, so, like, up there that, you know, I don't know the sheep or spend time with the sheep or, you know, I just don't want to become that person. And so in my way to not become that person, I'd go out on the walkway. And I'd just stand there. And <laughs> so, and I, and I like people. I, I, I do. I do like people. So uh, I'm not one of those pastors that don't like people. And uh, so not only was David a great shepherd, he was a great man and a great king over Israel because he never lost his shepherd's heart. You know, just reading the Psalms, I get the impression that David was happy in the field. He was a younger brother, probably got picked on all the time. He was dis disregarded by the family. But listen, sometimes we need to understand that there's a beauty in the lonely place. Out in the field, just you and God. In verse 12 and 13, they bring David in. He's ruddy. The word ruddy means red. Maybe he was sunburned. Maybe he had a red tone to his skin. Maybe he had red hair with bright eyes and good looking. The Lord said, Samuel, Arise and anoint him. This is the one in verse 12. I think of Psalm 78, verse 70 through 72. He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfold. From following the ewes that had young, he brought him to shepherd Jacob his people and Israel his inheritance. And so he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart, and he guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. David was being trained by God out there in the field, learning to take care of the mommy sheep. In verse 13, 
Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Now Samuel hears the Lord say, that's the one, anoint him. Nobody else heard that. Samuel heard that in the spirit. So Samuel takes this huge horn of oil and pours it on David's head. And David is probably standing there thinking, what in the world is going on? Because he wasn't there when Samuel arrived. So David is standing there soaked and stunned. Think about it. This day started like any other day for David. He got up and brushed his teeth and went out to the field. Checked on the mommy ewes if they were ready to give birth. Maybe fought off some lions and tigers. Sat down for lunch, wrote a couple psalms, started singing, eating his PB&J. Just another day for him. And then comes a horn of oil. Are y'all getting that? I'd have been like, what are you doing? And now I'm all soaked. And remember, he's soaking everything. And the older brothers and dad is standing there with their mouths hanging open. Well, look at verse 14 through 23, and then we'll come in for a landing. This is not much. But the spirit of the Lord, you're looking at verse 14? Say, I'm looking at him. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and a distressing underline this spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from God is troubling you. Let our master now command your servants who are before you to seek out a man who is skillful, who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall be that he will play it with his hand when the distressing spirit from God is upon you and you will be well. And so Saul said to his servants, provide me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. The one of the servants answered and said, look, I've seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a, in playing a mighty man of valor, a man of war, prudent in speech and a handsome person. And the Lord is with him. And therefore Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and skin of wine and a young goat and sent Bearing gifts sent them by his son David to Saul. So David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly. And listen, in the Hebrew, it is he, David, loved him, Saul, greatly, and became his armor bearer. Then Saul, I never knew that until I read this just two days ago. I did not know that David was Saul's armor bearer. I don't know why I didn't know that. Y'all probably like, I knew it. <laughs> sure. I didn't know it. Now I know it. What verse we on? <laughs> then Saul said to Jesse, saying, please let David stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. And so it was, whenever the Spirit of God was upon Saul, that David would take a harp and play it with his hand, and then Saul would become refreshed and well. And the distressing spirit would depart from him. So we have verse 13, where the horn of oil is anointing uh, David. And by the way, verse 13 is the first time we hear the name David. Through this whole time, we know who we're talking about, but we have his actual name in verse 13. From that day forward, so Samuel arose and he went home. Now, in contrast in verse 14, but 
In contrast, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon David and departed from Saul. Now, what we have between verses 13 and 14 is the transfer of power. In these two verses, we have the transfer of power from one king to another. God takes it from Saul and transfers it to who, saints? David. Psalm 75, write it down, 6 and 7. For 75, 6 and 7. For exaltation neither comes, comes from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, But God is a judge, and he puts down one and exalts another. And that's what he's doing here. The Bible tells us a distressing spirit from the Lord came upon Saul. So then the question, how could God send the evil distressing spirit? If God is good, why did he send the distressing spirit upon Saul? Well, quickly, you know this. Saul lost his spiritual protection and covering. Also keep in mind, Saul's disobedience cut him off from fellowship with God. God allowed a spirit of depression and jealousy and paranoia to trouble him. Keeping in mind also, in the Old Testament, the spirit of God was upon Saul or upon Gideon or upon Moses. The spirit of God did not dwell in anyone in the Old Testament. The spirit of God did not dwell in anyone until Jesus ascended and the spirit of God descended and filled believers from that day forward. So the Spirit of God was upon Saul. In the New Testament, the Holy Spirit will live in you. So the Holy Spirit is upon Saul, and because of Saul's continued rebellion and pride against the will of God, God allowed him to be opened up to the influence of the devil. Verse 15, so these guys with Saul noticed that he was troubled. They thought the music would soothe the soul and he would feel better. You know, some say this isn't good counsel, but I think it's great counsel. Because I really believe that when you're going through spiritual warfare, prayer and praise is the answer. Say a better amen than that. Come on, clap your hands. Will you do that? I think when you're going through spiritual warfare, prayer and praise is the answer. Come to church. I've often said church is the best place to be, but the hardest place to get. And if you get hassled by the devil, don't put on Black Sabbath on your iPod. Say amen. Don't put on Jay-Z, Kanye, Beyonce, or any other yay. Okay? <laughs> don't do it you need to put on some praise music say amen Amen. put on some worship music say amen Amen. fill your life with praise and praise music and the things of God and these guys asked Saul to allow them to go get someone to play some music and get rid of this demonic distressing spirit and Saul said great go find this man and bring him and in verse 18 through 23 one of the servants said I've seen the son of Jesse who is skillful in playing. He's a mighty man of war, prudent in speech and good looking. God is with him. It doesn't get better than that. That's quite a reputation for a shepherd boy, isn't it? Saul sent Jesse to Jesse and asked to send David. Interesting, the false king is now sending for the real king. And Jesse took a donkey in verse 20 and loaded it up with gifts. Verse 21 tells us, so David stood before Saul and he loved him greatly. He, David, loved Saul greatly. Saul loved David for a while. Because you know, later Saul becomes very jealous of David. Because everybody loved David. The ladies loved David. Remember, David went on a mission 
to fight the Philistines. It was a great victory. It's true. It was a great victory. And the Pentecostal women come out with these tambourines. You remember that? They come out with, they probably got banners and, you know, you know, flags and came, came out dancing and, and they were saying, David, remember they were saying, Saul has slain his thousands, but what? David, his ten thousands. In 1 Samuel 18, 20, it tells us that Saul's daughter, Michael, loved David and married him. She was his first wife. Verse 21 tells us that David was Saul's armor bearer. Again, I didn't know that. Now, remember, the armor bearer would serve the king in any way. The armor bearer would go to battle with the king. And, 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 and what David doesn't know, watch this. What David doesn't know is that he is OJT for King Israel. As the armor bearer in OJT, he gets to see the treasury of government. He gets to see the worth of government. He gets to hear the complaint of the people that he's governing. He gets to hear the things the people are pleased with and displeased with about the government. He gets to hear the counsel of the government and why decisions are made. God brought David to the side of Saul so he could learn how to be king. Now, here's the application. Look where you are in life. God is always preparing us for something else. God is always doing a thing for the next thing. And wherever you are now, doesn't matter. You just need to be faithful where you are now. Be faithful to change the poopy diapers in the nursery. Be faithful to the small men's group that you've been teaching for years. Be faithful to the small women's group. Be a good steward of the things God has placed in your life. And don't despise the days of small beginnings. And this is where the problem really, this is where the rub is. You feel, you get me, Pastor Johnny? This is where the rub is. People despise the days of small beginning. They don't, are not willing to wait on God. Everybody wants a big church tomorrow. They don't realize I've been doing this for 18 years. 18 years. I didn't have all these people when I got here. I didn't know y'all. And y'all didn't know me. So, and I didn't despise the days of small beginnings. I liked it, actually. I did. I liked it. I liked it when our church had 50 people, 60 people. I remember Wednesday night, honey, we used to get 60 people would come, and we'd be like, man, you saw the people at church. <laughs> Ooh. Lord, we are blowing up. <laughs> blowing up. <laughs> And those were good days, and they were great days. Don't despise the days of small beginning. The point is, God has you where you are so you can learn the lessons you need to learn so you can move on to the next test. Well, verse 22, Saul sends a message to Jesse that said, listen, I borrowed him for music, but I like him so much, I want to keep him. So whenever Saul was troubled, David would minister to him in song. When David started singing psalms and singing the word of God, did y'all get that? Demons would run up out of there because praise to the devil is like fingernails on a chalkboard. 
Then Saul's spirit would become refreshed and the distressing spirit would depart from him. Now listen, in chapter 17, we're coming for a landing right here. We're going to be moving to the Valley of Elah. And on um, the next trip that is made to Israel, uh, this is one of the stops that uh, is made generally. Uh, in the Valley of Elah. Uh, this is the place that David has the fight with Goliath. We're going to move there in chapter 17. I'm going to encourage you to read ahead. Uh, tonight, as we close the service, I want you to ask the Lord to let His Spirit come upon you and then to fill you. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.